grudgingly preferring to be outside playing ball or almost anything else until the age of 11. At that time, I began taking clarinet lessons from an old German neighbor who is alleged to have played with Sousa. I have not yet been able to document that association. Walter Backer was a gruff disciplinarian who had no time for popular music or jazz, which I was beginning to have an interest in, forcing me to work on the classical etudes. He sat in a chair next to me at our weekly meetings, chewing impatiently on an unlit cigar and frequently grabbing my horn out of my hand, saying, No, 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 this is the way you must play it, while leaving bits of cigar residue on my reed and mouthpiece. In spite of all that, I enjoyed playing the clarinet and went through three instruments, from a metal beginner's model, which I wish I would have saved, to a wooden Selmer, which I did save during the three, four years that I took private lessons from Mr. Backer. By that time, I was in high school and playing in the marching and concert bands. At the beginning of my junior year, age 15, I guess, an opening came up for a tenor saxophone player in what was then called the swing band that played for school dances and other special events. Our band director, knowing my proclivities, encouraged me to take up that instrument, which I happily did. My parents had bought all my clarinets up to that point, but I purchased a used Martin tenor for about $200 with savings from my after-school and summer jobs. I really enjoyed playing the tenor saxophone and, despite taking no formal lessons, picked it up readily because it is a much easier instrument to negotiate than a clarinet. Of course, I continued to play the clarinet as well. Having grown up before the television age, at least in our household, I spent a lot of time listening to the radio, particularly in bed at night, just spinning the dial and seeing what exotic stations I could identify. One that I came upon by accident was the 50,000-watt clear-channel voice of New Orleans, WWL, still 870 on the AM dial, coming in loud and clear at night, even way up in Minnesota. It wasn't long before I heard the Sunday night broadcasts of the New Orleans Jazz Club, NOJC, which had only recently been founded. There were also the live broadcasts from the Blue Room in the Hotel Roosevelt and the Parisian Room on Royal Street, not to overlook the late-night Moon Glow with Dick Martin programs, which aired more modern jazz, I was about 14 at that point and ready for the sounds of traditional New Orleans jazz with which I could identify much more comfortably than the insipid pop music of the day and the old-time polka music so popular in my part of Minnesota. Soon I was hooked on the music of New Orleans, especially the clarinetists like Johnny Dodds, Barney Begard, Jimmy Noon, Irving Fazola, and Pete Fountain, not to mention the bands of Armstrong, Ellington, and a host of others, I was totally enchanted by the theme song of the NOJC broadcasts for most of its life. Johnny Wiggs Blues' Congo Square with Lester Bouchon on clarinet. I immediately ordered a copy of the record on 78 RPM, obviously, and have it in my collection to this day. And I am still deeply moved by that haunting melody. It was one of the first in my collection of jazz records that I began assembling at about that time. 
The early core of that collection was a few choice 78s from the 1920s in my mother's small collection. Needless to say, mine has grown to an almost unmanageable size by now. In my day in that part of the world, junior high school was from 7th through 9th grades. One didn't reach high school until 10th grade. When that happened for me, I met a whole new group of friends, including four or five guys with musical interests similar to my own. One played alto saxophone, another trombone tuba, and we soon found a piano player, a drummer, and a banjo baritone sax player. We had a band. One of the guys lived on North Sturgis Street in Mankato, so we called ourselves the North Sturgis Street Six and began to get gigs at a variety of local dives and fraternal lodges, despite not being members of the Musicians' Union, our high school band director happened to be president of...